0: Right, okay, so yeah, today I said we're going to be looking at prayer, we're going to be looking at Luke's Gospel, Luke ten thirty eight to Luke eleven thirteen. But really just to get started, I just wondered what is some of your thoughts on your personal experience with prayer? You know, how has it been? Has it changed over the last, you know, couple of years, couple of months? Kind of what have your experiences been with prayer in general?
1: For me, personal experience with prayer is, prayer is a powerful thing. Prayer is... It's something that it's been an actual instinct to me when things get hard, or I have a friend that have, is in difficulty. I pray. I find that it's um it's not always effective because God may not always answer. not always answer, but maybe sometimes you get the answer. You get the answer yourself.
0: Yeah, definitely. I guess like you know, if we pray for something, it might not be totally aligned with what God's plan is for us. But ultimately like whatever happens will always be better than what we could ever think of even asking for, even if we can't say it right at that moment. Yeah, definitely, hundred percent.
2: Um, I feel my personal experience of prayer is that I like to pray at night and I like to kind of do the thank you, sorry, and please. And then any prayer requests. Um, That's kind of my personal experience of prayer. Um, Has that really changed? Not really. I've been doing that for a couple of years now. Um, that's kind of my sort of structure.
3: Um, I think for me what's kind of come to my mind recently is actually that we can pray in so many different ways like reading the bible actually speaking to God worshipping doing drawing like bible journaling Um, there's just so many ways that we can pray to God and talk to him so I think like recently especially over lockdown I've been learning new ways to kind of communicate with God and just kind of see how he can talk to me through with like me singing or like just like drawing and things like that so that's kind of like where my prayer life is heading like into new new ways and like new ways to talk to god basically
0: yeah it's like as you say there's so many different ways to pray and to connect with god like it's not just kind of that conventional sit down before lunch like right, recite a couple of lines but you know it's so many different ways to connect with god and to kind of further that relationship with him definitely
3: I think as well that I used to kind of overcomplicate your prayer and just kind of make it really fancy, but I've kind of learned that actually simple prayer is good, and I, quite, I prefer that just throughout the day to kind of just pray like quick, simple prayers. But, you know, we can all, we all have to start to pray.
2: I'm just going to add, Josh actually reminded me, Um, two years ago, 2019, during Harvest, I injured my ankle, and it was after session, um, one of the worship leaders, Um prayed to my ankle and it like instantly got so much better. It was actually like, it was so crazy. I was like, me and Josh like, whoa, what's going on kind of thing. We fully um, ran to Macca's as well after that, didn't we? Like, it was so mad. Like, we I was, were just I was, going like, crazy. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, that's my... Per- well, I wasn't actually praying, but someone praying for me for healing. Yeah, it was, it was such a cool experience. Well, I've got like a similar situation as Ramon said so in 2010 when I went to Mexico a house build with my church the family that we built for their little boy who had broken his arm but because they were in such a poor part of the country they couldn't get the health care that they needed so his arm literally healed in the position that um, it broke in so like literally his arm went like that and then came back up so um we all prayed for him and then as the week carried on his arm started to like just become like back normal and like he wasn't suffering with any more pain
0: yeah that's amazing it is amazing to kind of see that you know god can work through prayer and having that kind of personal experience really is quite quite a powerful kind of motivator when you've kind of like you know felt it and experienced it yourself in like a tangible way definitely yeah
1: Speaking of personal
0: experience, I mean, it's
1: not exactly a very happy story, but it was taught me a big lesson about prayer is that um, I had a, a friend at my old church, his mum gave birth he was a boy, and the thing is, the doctors said that he wouldn't survive childbirth because he had a, a very weak heart, and he, he survived, and we were all praying, and he said he was surviving a few, a few days, the doctors said he wouldn't survive any longer, and so... I got together, we got together as a family and we started praying for him. And I said to God, Well, if he survives a week, that I will see as a confirmation that he will live. And a week passed and he's there, but the week later, um, he unfortunately passes away. It was a really big hit in the guts for me. I, I really didn't think that something like that could happen. And it was almost God saying to me, Well, what do you think? What do you think there is to learn? And I said, well I don't know why you didn't heal Samuel, but I come up with it's the most important thing that I keep saying to myself is that you're God and I'm not
0: yeah definitely And like, I think that actually that kind of segues quite nicely into my next point so I've got here a book by Van Doren and basically in there it's all about prayer it's how prayer is essential to Christianity and there's a base there's a small passage in it where he basically he talks about what prayer is and he uses the imagery of a small boat coming into the side of a jetty. And, you know, obviously, as you're coming in, you'll throw a line over onto the jetty and someone will pull you in or, you know, you'll pull yourself and whatever. But you've got to think like when you pull on that line, it's not pulling the jetty closer to the boat. It's pulling the boat close to the jetty. You know, we've got to remember that prayer is not meant to be kind of us trying to bring God down to our level trying to almost bend him to our will that's not what prayer is prayer is about bringing us the small boat into closer fellowship with God and as we come into closer fellowship with God as we grow in that relationship with him we can kind of become more in line with his will and purposes through that just through spending time with him through praying through having conversations we can kind of grow closer and stronger and deeper in our relationship with god so yeah that's just kind of something that i found quite a good image just kind of what prayer is and how it works um yes yeah, so obviously over the next uh you know half hour or so we're going to be unpacking what prayer is and three verses from the bible which show kind of three different aspects of prayer so the first one is matthew 6 5 to 7 which says pray to the father who is unseen and this is all about, you know, being personal. It's a personal relationship with God, our Heavenly Father. It's about forging and growing that relationship. So there's the that, you know, prayer is private. Prayer is close. It's about building and deepening that relationship with God. The next one is Philippians 4, 6. And this one reads, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And this shows that... Prayer is a comforter. It shows that no matter what we've got going on in our lives, we can bring it to God. We can lay it at his feet and he can give us comfort and he can support us and comfort us through that. And then the final one is James 5.16, which reads, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. You know, this really just shows the amazing power of prayer, which we've heard through some of your kind of own personal testimonies already with healing and regards to that. So it's just kind of this idea that we have to trust God no matter what and to not try to do anything by ourselves, just to make sure that we do everything with God and through God so that we can just be firmly rooted in prayer and grow in our partnership with the Holy Spirit. So, today's passage is Luke ten thirty eight 38 to 11, 13. So, I was wondering if anyone would like to read that.
1: At the home of Martha and Mary, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what she, he said. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things. But one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Jesus' is teaching on prayer. One day, Jesus was praying in an inn on a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend. And he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me. And I have nothing to be set before him. The one inside answers, don't bother me. The door was already locked and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will you give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how you give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him?
0: Fantastic. Thank you very much, Elliot. So, as you can see from this passage that we just read, it's kind of split into two parts. We've got the story of Martha and Mary, and then we have Jesus's teaching on prayer. And an essential thing to remember, you know, when we're reading the Bible, when we're looking at God's word, is how it's laid out. Remember, this is intentional. All scripture is God-breathed, as said uh, in 2 Timothy. And we want to remember that, you know, these two stories have obviously been put together for a reason. And we're going to kind of dig into what that reason is shortly okay so this first part verse 38 to 42 we're introduced to martha and mary they're two sisters and they know jesus they've um they've kind of been around him for the last couple months couple years uh they kind of yeah know who he is and interesting martha literally translates to the person in charge in aramaic we could tell that she's the elder of the two you know these two sisters are from bethany it's a town two miles from jerusalem and as i mentioned earlier they know jesus Actually, in fact, Jesus raised their brother Lazarus uh, in John chapter 11 to John chapter 12. He raises their brother Lazarus from the dead. And we can see here, you know, we've got there's kind of a contrast being built between the two sisters. We can see that Martha is, you know, she's the elder, she's the person in charge, she's quite highly strong and pressured. You know, she clearly lost Jesus, there's no doubt about that, and she's diligent in serving him but she's so stressed and resentful towards him because of all the other pressures that she's got she's got going on you know she's trying to juggle everything that's going on she's trying to do it by her own strength we can see you know verse 40 of chapter 10 um lord don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself tell her to help me it's all about her she's trying to do this out of her own strength out of her own resources And I can imagine that a lot of us have probably felt like Martha sometime in our lives. You know, we feel utterly overwhelmed, like there's just so much going on and we cannot make head nor tail of it. And we just want some help. You know, we feel like people aren't giving us the credit or the assistance that we deserve. Well, we can clearly see here that, you know, when we feel overwhelmed, we must rely on Jesus. We can see, you know, Martha is angry and frustrated and upset. And she snaps at Jesus. She gets angry at him, you know, because she feels hard done by. But we can actually see that if she had been more like Mary, she would have been, you know, calm, rooted, and focused on God. So you can see here now the second sister, Mary, she is, as I said, she's calm, she's focused. We can see, you know, she seems almost serene, like, you know, verse 39 says she sat at the Lord's feet listening. You can almost imagine her like a small child hanging on to Jesus's every word. She keeps her eyes focused on the one thing that truly matters. And that's Jesus. You know, she doesn't stress about making sure that the cucumber sandwiches are perfectly cut. She just wants to spend time and dedicate time to Jesus and just focus in totally on him. And, you know, we can see that Jesus' response really speaks into Martha, into her situation. You know, verse 41 and 42. Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. We can see that, you know, we mustn't let busyness generally, just the busyness of life get in the way. You know, even though everything can feel really overwhelming, you know, if you're stressed, angry, tired, hurting, Jesus is calling you to turn your face to him, to sit like a small child at his feet and just hang on to his every word and rely on him to sustain you instead. And I mentioned earlier that you know everything in the Bible is put in the order that it's put in for a reason. And we can actually see that the story of Martha and Mary is just put before Jesus is teaching on prayer. So we can actually see that you know these two sisters Martha and Mary they show the two types of prayer and you know how we should and shouldn't do it. We can see that you know if we take Martha the older sister she's rushing around she's busy it's almost like you know doing all the talking always asking fretting you know um, just being like oh please god let me let me do this let me do this constantly talking and never giving god time to speak never making that space never resting in his presence and listening to his voice and we can see that Martha is the absolute antithesis of Mary her sister you know Mary is serene she's waiting in rest she's resting in and listening to God's word and that I think is a challenge to us that we need to think okay are we spending enough time listening to God just resting in him choosing the one thing that actually truly matters which is our relationship with God. So now we can see that it goes on to Jesus' teaching in prayer Luke 11 and we can see after this story that Jesus shows by example what it actually looks like to put this into practice You know, he's spoken about the two ways that we can often fall into prayer and one that we should choose and Jesus demonstrates clearly what this looks like. So obviously a bit of context about Jesus. We know that he was an incredibly busy man. He was, you know, remarkably busy. He was always surrounded by crowds. You know, people wanted healing, teaching. I mean, I'm actually just going to read you an extract from the Gospel of Mark. So it's taken from Mark chapter 6, 31 to 34. And this is Mark's account of Jesus feeding the 5,000. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. We can see from this passage that Jesus must have been under a huge amount of pressure. You know, like he was he literally he got on a boat with his disciples and he was like right let's go find a nice quiet place just to chill to kind of do a debrief after they've just been out on their kind of mission trip and but you know despite going on a boat despite going to a quiet place the crowds still follow him you know we can see that jesus was very busy he was always under pressure but you know even though you know we might not have thousands of crowds of people flocking towards us to um be fed and be healed but you know we have deadlines work jobs emails exams seemingly endless to-do lists you know everything can feel very very overwhelming but you know we're told that we must you know follow in jesus's example so what did jesus do when he had all this pressure all this busyness you know we can clearly just see here that he prayed he prayed all the time you know we can see here even luke 11 1 one day jesus was praying in a certain place luke actually records out of all the gospels he records jesus praying the most times and you can imagine that you know there obviously would have been countless more but the fact that luke records more than the other gospels shows how essential it is to partnering with the spirit you know it was essential back then 2000 years ago and it's essential now in the 21st century and I think, again, this is really just a challenge to us not to rush our time with God. I don't know about you, but sometimes I find myself trying to, quote, schedule in a Bible reading, schedule in a time to sit down and pray, schedule in a time to do my daily devotional. And I think this is really a challenge to all of us to you know just relax, be still, be quiet and enjoy his company, to not worry about the goings-on of the world but just to really just kind of dedicate time and spend time resting in God and resting in his presence so we're looking obviously at Jesus's teaching on prayer and we've got to look at you know how Jesus prayed we can see that there's actually three things that he did through this kind of next passage he listened to God he received power from God and he spoke to God and that's what we're kind of gonna um, dig into over the next couple of verses so We can see firstly that Jesus listened to his father. You know, prayer is a conversation. We've got to remember that it's not just us speaking. If you think of the song, you know, prayer is like a telephone. If you're on the telephone to someone, you're not just going to talk all the time. You know, it's going to be a two way kind of thing. And, you know, we can actually see that, you know, if you look at Mary in 10 verse 39, you know, she is sat listening to what he said. And I think, you know, just something to think about. And just kind of mull over it in your hearts how much do you just sit and listen to god is this something that you do regularly is it something that you're thinking okay maybe i'm not quite doing it enough is this something that you're kind of that you find tricky but i'd say just i'd really encourage you to kind of set aside time just to sit and listen to read god's word and just sit and listen to what he has to say to us we can see here some encouragement from the old testament jeremiah 33 3. And this is God talking to Jeremiah and God says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. We can see that God will speak to us. He does speak to us. We have to reach out to Him. we have to make time for him to speak to us. So the second thing that Jesus did when he prayed is he received power from his father to carry out his ministry. You know, Jesus was obviously he was holy God and he was holy human, but he still relied on God's power source. He still relied on power from heaven to do um, the miracles that he did to carry out his ministry. I mean, if we remember verse 40 from chapter 10, we can see Martha is telling Jesus to tell Mary to help her. And that word help. I'm going to absolutely butcher the Greek. And I'm very sorry for that. Sunan tilan banamai. And that's only used twice in the Bible, only two times. And that first time is when Martha demands Mary helps her. And the second time is actually in a letter from Paul to the Romans, Romans chapter 8, 26. And it reads, in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We can see that we must learn to partner with the holy spirit you know we can't do this alone if we try to do it in our own strength we'll just become weary burnt out frustrated annoyed angry Exactly like martha was you know when she's trying to juggle everything she's being distracted and frustrated by her own lack of ability by her own you know lack of energy but we just need to remember that we must partner with the holy spirit in the same way that jesus did and, you know, 1 John 1, three talks about having fellowship with Christ. And it's just to remember that it's essential to have this um, dependence on God, which I think is utterly countercultural, you know, in a society where we're told to be independent, where we're told that independence is what makes us successful. Actually, no, we've got to remember that dependence on God, utter dependence on God is the only way through which we can succeed so the third thing that Jesus does in prayer is that he spends time talking to his father you know we can see here that 11 1 to 4 he actually shows the words that we are to pray ourselves so verse 2a so the first part of verse 2 it reads our father and this is showing us that we can open in confidence that we can come to God in confidence that we have been adopted um, into A part of God's family. I mean, 1 Corinthians 1 5 says that um, we have been predestined for adoption to sonship. And an interesting thing to think about is this word father. And so, this this is a question I want you guys to think. How many times in the Old Testament do you think God is addressed as father? On top of my head, I can think a lot. Okay. Right. So, uh, in the Old Testament, God is only referred to as father 14 times. So that's that's pretty amazing to think that now we can address God as father. You know, this promise of the Holy Spirit that has been um, spoken about and prophesied through the whole of the Old Testament, it's revolutionary that we are now living in a time when we can come to God as father. We can have that personal and intimate relationship with him, which is pretty amazing when we think of everything that happened in the Old Testament. And then you look at us now and think, okay, actually, we have the opportunity for a close relationship with God. And how do we deepen that? How do we strengthen that? That's through prayer. That's through spending time with God. The second part of verse two, so kind of verse two b reads, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. We've got to remember that we are appointed by God into the family business, if you will, to be agents of heaven, too, Um, You know, like Jesus says in the Great Commission, to take the gospel to uh, the ends of the earth. And, you know, we are called, we are appointed into that. And we can actually see, you know, kind of, I've done this in a little bit of wrong order, but jumping back to the start of verse two, it says, hallowed be your name. You know, we have to pray for God's perfect will to be carried out, to be fulfilled, to pray that we will um, kind of partner with him in that. Okay, moving on, verse three, give us each day our daily bread this this can kind of have two ways of reading it i guess the first one is that we look at bread you know in its simplest form bread is food you know bread is kind of seen as like the common staple symbol for like all the food that we need and we can see through this then that god will meet our needs through his love and power but an essential thing to remember is that this is a daily thing we have to receive our sustenance from God every single day you know this is to build a relationship to communicate every single day we must live in utter dependence on God you know he will provide for us he will provide everything that we need for his great plan to be fulfilled we just have to do this every single day and this actually this kind of reminds me of the Israelites when they were in the desert they had no food but God provided for them Uh, he gave them manna and this was every single day they had to rely on God to give them the sustenance that they required. And it's that dependence that we're called to have today. We can see here verse four, you know, forgive us our sins for we also uh, forgive everyone who sins against us. You know, we are called to ask for forgiveness for our continual sin and for strength to sin less and less as we grow in our faith with God. You know, God will give us the strength to resist temptation. You know, if anyone here is struggling with temptation or anything at all that's kind of been afflicting you just remember that you don't have to do this alone there's no amount of self-talk or self-motivation that you can give yourself to break out of this you just have to rely utterly on god and trust that he will give you the strength to do that just really lean into him i would urge you and we can see here you know that this is how we develop a relationship with god so this next bit from 5 to 11 is kind of split up into a couple of small little stories. And this first, the first one that we're going to look at, verses 5 to 8, is talking about a friend who wants to borrow some bread. And, you know, this idea that this lazy man, he is like, oh, you know, the door's already locked. I, I don't want to you know get up, etc. And interestingly, again, we have this imagery of bread and stockpiling bread. You know, going back to what I said earlier about relying on God daily. If God gave us a stockpile of bread, we'd neglect our relationship with Him. If we had everything we needed, just kind of piled up, one big pile, we would never turn to the one who gave us that. We'd just think that, oh, look how great this is. I have my own pile of things that I have got. But no, that's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying that we must rely on God. We must come to Him in utter dependence. And I think yeah, this is really just showing that we mustn't stress about God's timing, keep asking, knocking and seeking you know persevere and will grow in a relationship with him i mean interestingly you know it's this this story of uh, the guy who goes to his friend's door and he's like look can you give me some bread he keeps knocking that kind of relentless audacity he, he just keeps knocking and asking and you know he keeps he keeps getting up he keeps kind of pursuing and eventually this friend um kind of gives in and that's really just showing that you know through seeking praying and knocking you know we'll learn more of god and this is not saying that god equals the lazy man if anything the lazy man is there to show contrast to god you know we don't ever have to worry about waking god up we don't need to like catch him at his hours that he's in the office you know nine to five monday to friday but sorry if you come here on a weekend he's not around that's not what it's like you know we have a god who is always there and that's what we must take away from this So the next kind of passage, verse nine to ten, this is talking about asking, seeking and knocking. But you know, a really important thing to remember that is that, you know, as we ask, knock and seek, we persevere, we grow in our relationship with him. And an essential thing to remember is that, you know, if we, you know, just keep seeking and knocking, praying, we'll learn more of God and grow in a relationship with him. But we've got to remember that, you know, not all prayers are gonna be answered, you know, as we saw through the discussion, sometimes it's really tricky. Sometimes it's really challenging when God doesn't answer prayers, but we've just got to trust him and just trust that he knows exactly what's going on. So I think really to kind of wrap this up and to conclude is just to trust God no matter what. Life gets busy. We all stress about gaining independence. I think there's a real fear of what might happen if we surrender totally to God. But we can actually see here, verse 11 to 13, Jesus is telling us not to fear because we can see, right? If you're in a family, um, so Jesus used the imagery uh, of a father. If your son asks for a present, you're going to give him a good present. You're not going to give him a snake or a scorpion. And Jesus is saying, look, if even humans who are by their very nature evil and sinners, if even they know how to give good gifts, then how much more does God, our perfect heavenly father, know how to give good gifts to us? And the important thing is here that Jesus is talking about the gift. This is the promise of the Bible, the Holy Spirit. And, you know, the promise of the Spirit belongs to every single believer who asks. You know, we can clearly see that, you know, if we just ask, seek, knock, he will give us the promise of the Spirit. If we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, then we will be saved and we will be marked with God's seal, which is the Holy Spirit. And, you know, again, going back to that Philippians verse that I read earlier, you know do not be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to god god's in control god knows what is good and best for you you just must trust him and i think the final point i'm going to end on is do not put god in a box don't limit him you know we've got to remember that god made all the mountains and the seas god put stars in the sky he created planets galaxies and the universe and that same god became human to die for our sins he freely gave us the great gift that is salvation and you know we mustn't put him in a box no prayer is too big for god you know massive prayers show a massive view of god and a kind of verse that really sums this up is from ephesians ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 and it reads now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is that is at work within us. You know, God can do immeasurably more than we can even begin to comprehend. We just have to trust him. And, you know, we have to respond in thanksgiving daily. Pray and build your relationship with God through spending time with him, through listening to him, through receiving power from him and through speaking to him. Just really grow in your relationship with God. And that's all for this evening. And uh, we're now going to break up into some small groups um where we'll kind of discuss this and delve into this a little bit longer um but yeah that is all from me for this evening